0: What I love most about mi gente, is our community and how important it is to take care of our own. Hey, it's Honey and Carolina. On our podcast, Life in Spanglish, we talk about how important being there for your loved ones is. Pero también sobre lo importante que es tener a alguien dispuesto a apoyarte cuando lo necesitas, como lo hace State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com.
1: You ever heard the phrase, the more things change, the more things stay the same? And while we love the excitement of new things, it's also nice to have the reliability of something constant. Hey, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when it comes to insurance, State Farm is a good neighbor you can count on. Solo llama a tu agente. Another way State Farm helps is by supporting the creators and storytellers of the My Cultura Podcast Network family. Con la ayuda de State Farm, estamos ayudando y asegurándonos de que nuestras voces sean escuchadas. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com This is an official download from
2: thecustardtv.com
1: It's the Custard TV podcast. Uh, Three TV obsessives talking about the TV you should make time for this week. I am one of those three. I am Luke and I appear less and less often on my own podcast. I run TheCustardTV.com joined as always by my faithful podcast companion slash host at the moment matt hello so do you think
2: now we would you would be with luke knowles or and luke knowles if it was like a you know like well, if a, it's credits, a credit then, you...
1: who gets paid more the and or the with we've had this discussion before i know but
2: somebody gets sometimes paid more. as well there's like guest starring isn't there as well People have these discussions, apparently, like agents argue mm. for people who have the with and the and.
1: Well, I think I've seen something with Trevor Eve and, and Christine Baranski. They weren't in the same thing, but I would imagine Christine Baranski got better deal. being the. So you're thing. more of a
2: Christine Baranski, I would say, of this I'm
1: about as shouty Trevor as Trevor Eve, but worth the money of Christine Baranski. You're about I'd as say.
2: waspy as Christine Baranski. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and my style is on point. yeah Yeah, definitely also on the podcast this week we have a special guest who has not joined us before and is already wondering whether they made the right decision i'm talking of course about simon Hampton. hello how are you
3: hello i'm really well thank you for having me you're more than welcome
1: are you happy to be the with or the and um i'm happy to be whatever you want me to be luke We can have him on more often That's really good, that's a really good start (laughs) Don't don't say that, that's a slippery slope that I He'll be writing all my articles
0: next And editing this podcast This is going to be great
1: Luke and Matt
0: This could be a podcast A podcast, don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not Anyone with a computer can make one Talking telly Use your ears
1: and trust them This
0: is the Custard TV podcast Yes, that would entertain me briefly From the Custard TV
1: you come to us from another podcast tell the listening public all about yours
3: um oh okay thank you um so my podcast is coastal news and it's a home and away podcast a bit of a nostalgia trip for most and myself and co-host Sophie, we sort of recap um, our favourite soap, our favourite Aussie sunshine soap, every week. I'm sure you know as TV obsessives yourself, you do it under, you know, m- microscopic analysis of your of your favourite TV show. So that's us, um, and we're having a blast doing it. We've become the best of friends, and I think it shows when you listen to it. So um, Brilliant. you like your soaps? come check
1: us out has Neighbours being axed worried you Home and Away fans at all or is it on a completely different level
3: Uh, no I think the whole sort of complex funding differences between the two shows didn't make us worried I think Home and Away is a big one back over in Oz whereas Neighbours was always the big one here I think would be fair to say so it didn't worry us
1: no didn't worry us yeah check that out then coastal yeah. news what i would say is keep listening to this one to the end until we until we finish and i'm going to check them out as well and you should they are all the podcast apps any anecdotes from the world matt that you need to share with the group not really
2: i've had a lot of dental work in the past week how about you because you've been off for a couple of weeks you must have something to share with the listening public you've gone viral today you were telling me off air
1: I've got the cream, though, now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've written a piece uh, on the site, which you can find now, as an opinion piece on how the Royal Family changed comedy as we know it in an era where comedy was predominantly studio-based with the canned laughter and big comedic characters like Father Ted Crilly and Alan Partridge and Del Boy, all people I love. But then on BBC Two, this sitcom with no laugh track, just four people on a sofa in their living room, captured everybody's imagination and and changed comedy forever. So that's gone slightly viral. So I'm you're lucky to have me because I've been on a high all day. And I, I actually I'm probably based on the success of that, I'm probably worth the same amount of money as the With and the And at this point, Matt. I don't know whether you feel the same. But I do. I'm on a real high from that, so check that out. It's on the website now, thecustardtv.com. On the show today, we will be covering four shows that may or may not be worth your time: Disability, True Life Story, Then Barbara Met Alan. Uh, also, True Life Story. We crashed over on Apple TV Plus. Danish drama Cry Wolf over on Walter Presents, and Bad Vegan on Netflix. A mixed bag, I think you'll agree. Then Barbara McAllen is available now as you listen on the iPlayer. It's a true story from Jack Thorne and uh, actress-turnwriter Genevieve Barr, and it tells the true story of a group of disabled people who campaigned for equal rights for disabled people in the 90s. Ruth Madeley of Years and Years and Don't Take My Baby stars as real-life comedian and actress Barbara Liskey and Arthur Hughes is singer-songwriter activist Alan Holdsworth. It starts in the early 90s when many deaf and neurodivergent people in Britain faced huge barriers in the workplace, poor housing, transport wasn't accessible, many restaurants weren't accessible. At the time the idea of disabled in the community should be grateful for benefits and grateful for charity handouts. And the charity handouts come predominantly from something I didn't even know existed and I was around at this time. The ITV telethon raising money for disabled people but in a very patronising way. Barbara and Alan and their friendship group hate watch this 28-hour TV telethon. They can't bear it. They think it looks down on them and they think it makes them pitiful and they start a um, campaign to change the way disabled people are looked at. They disrupt the telethon and they get a load of people involved in protests around the UK and mess up ITV's plan. This drama cleverly intersperses uh, the real-life news footage, which is great because I didn't know any of this existed. Having shocked everybody, they then form together to create the Disabled People's Direct Action Network and head out on tour to sort of tell the world and the UK what they're after and how they want equal rights for disabled people. Across this time, Barbara and Alan have got closer. They have a young baby who who goes on tour with them. They just protest and make their voices heard and the disability laws are changed. And it wasn't until 1995, I think, if I remember my stats correctly, that a law was passed to give disabled people better rights and better accessibilities and more equal rights in terms of employment, etc. So it's a true life drama. It intersperses the real stuff. It makes some stylistic choices that I personally struggle with. It's just Mm. one of my bugbears. I don't like some of the stylistic choices they went with. But I'll go to to, um, Simon first. What did you make of this as a standalone piece?
3: Uh, I actually really enjoyed this, you know. I felt like it was just just enough. It felt a bit like BBC's response to, you know, the It's a Sin, Channel Mm. 4 Mm. thing a year or so ago. Sort of very much in its time, there's a big sort of societal cause drive happening true thing actually happened and the music was all very much in you know the 90s stuff so it, it felt it had that sort of it's a sin feel for me the story was great i thought the love story was really strong and i was really drawn into barbara and alan's sort of personal life and the journey that alan went on with his disability and his problems his personal mental health story, if you like, and the strain that had on their relationship. I actually really enjoyed it. And it wasn't too sort of drawn out. It was just a nice sort of one-off hour or so, just enough for me. And I actually really enjoyed it.
1: Did you feel as surprised as me that all this happened? It feels to me like the recent past, but it's it's definitely not. But I was just amazed that we were talking about the 90s, you know, the time of the Spice Girls, Robbie Williams, Oasis, where all this was happening. And I just thought... We should know more about this. Should be at the forefront of our minds. We should be aware of this, and we clearly weren't.
3: For MPs to be voting against that sort of stuff when it doesn't, like you say, not too distant time ago, the world was a modern place then. You know, we all remember mm-hmm. that time. You know, it wasn't that long ago. So yeah, it it, it was a shock. And they were mixing like newsreels, weren't they? Um, yeah. Quite
1: cleverly, I thought, actually. The stylistic choices I was referring to, and I didn't do in my summation there. The bits where Barbara's talking to the camera, I just thought were unnecessary and took me out of it. And then the final sequence where Barbara is on the bus with Barbara and the rest of the cast, be a drama by all means, be a documentary, but I always struggle when the two are mixed like mm, that. I thought and that. And it, it takes me, yeah. I don't know why it takes me out of it. Those moments, and there were only a couple of them, those moments took me out of it and spoiled it a little was bit it? for me. I would watch a drama about this and I would watch a documentary about this because I was clearly uninformed. That something like this has happened that would affect me in my lifetime. I'm a wheelchair user, so this speaks to me. And I was around in the nineties listening to Robbie and The Spice Girls and Oasis. And the I was no not so much simply that. <laughs> I was cooler than that. I was just you know... going to the obviously
2: they had the Simply Red sing along in this, didn't they? That's why I was referencing it.
1: So this should speak to me, uh, and it and it did, you know. I, I and you still go round places in London where You know, there's certain cafes the wheelchair can't get into, but you sort of put it down to, well, these have been here since God knows when and you can't expect every building to be, you know, accessible and stuff. But I didn't realise that in my lifetime, while I was busy learning about Pythagoras theorem and wondering what the scat man was talking about, that there were people in my position campaigning to have things changed. It is a credit to Jack Thorne and and his co-writer Genevieve Barr that the story be told and for the BBC to stick it on primetime at nine o'clock. Personally, the stylistic choices were just too difficult for... The talking to the camera, I appreciate when we met Barbara, the real Barbara on the bus, that she is this loud, outspoken person. And I think uh, Ruth Madeley, who I have a lot of time for, from Don't Take My Baby all those years ago to Years and Years but I think her performance was almost too big. The telethon stuff was fascinating, I didn't know that existed, that would irritate me. Now if that was a thing, I completely understood that. But I I think this should stick with me a lot more than it probably will. And I'm going to sound a little bit jaded, I don't think it will. I think the idea that this was happening in the 90s will, but the intricacies of the drama probably won't. It took me a long time to sort of relax into it and enjoy it.
2: I, w- I was really wondering, because I obviously, you know, know you, and I know your bugbears, and this had a lot of them in there. I didn't know whether you'd be sort of swept up by the story and the performances. I mean, I I agree with Cyan. I can see what he means when he's comparing it to It's a Sin. It's almost got that, like, joyous element to it. Group of people who were sort of maligned in society, almost, to an extent, it's in our lifetime, and they are basically being ignored. Unless and they're being patronised. Exactly. I think the scene that really got me, and I think that reminded me of It's a Sin, was when they're all sitting round watching the telethon and you're hearing these stories from some of the characters. The guy who said, like, his only friend in at school was the science teacher because he couldn't sit in the, in the canteen, you know, with the other kids because it wasn't sort of modified enough. And you sort of see those vulnerabilities from these characters, which I think is very tender. and very I, th- I mean, I, I really like the sex scene between Barbara and Alan. I thought that was done superbly, you know, very tender. You got the, the guard down, didn't you, from the characters? Because yeah. I think a lot of the time, both of these characters, as you said, very big, but that's because they've got their guards up. As we talked about before, these are people who've had to put on these personas to interact with the world because of their disabilities. I think when I've been out with you and people are a lot more accommodating, aren't they? You know, when we've been into restaurants and things like that, you know, they're quite sensitive to the fact that you're a wheelchair user. I think My my favourite
1: scene, they can't get into the cafe he's booked for them to go to for her birthday. So they end up sitting outside the cafe at a table that's provided for them. A woman comes by and sort of thanks Alan for taking Barbara out and Barbara takes it on the chin and says, oh, will you pray for me? And there's that sarcasm and it catches the woman off guard and she doesn't know quite what to do. The more I listen to yourself and Cy talk, I think why, why I didn't like this is because it didn't give me enough time with them. I think this should have been a length of three or four episodes mm. like It's a Sin to really delve into the backstories that were interesting and give these characters more of a voice. I, I think that's I totally I agree. With.
2: That's... That's what I I put down as one of the negatives of this. It's just over an hour long. It's going to be on Monday night at nine o'clock. You know, up against you know, ITV have got their big drama on at the moment. Um, so I don't know how many people actually see it. BBC Two are promoting it quite hard. I've seen quite a lot of trailers for it, and then it, maybe you know it'll get an audience on the iPlayer, and, and it'll be a sort of a word of mouth hit. But i don't see why it couldn't have at least been an hour and a half if it did feel like we are seeing like how how many years worth of, like 13 years worth of story in in just over an hour um but i know i really enjoyed this i i thought really joyous, really good i thought um ruth madeley and arthur hughes had really good i, I really liked him as well in terms of his struggles he really struggled to be himself like i said you know be a father to their child he wants to go out all the time and and keep banging his drum but it was a a sort of cost of their relationship
1: the more i talk about it i did enjoy it but i just think Mm. the time frame of it raced by we're talking more and more about exclusivity uh inclusivity on television and jack thorne who's written this is a you know someone who's championing more voices of different kinds, and specifically disabled voices, and it seems a bit of a shame that he's written this personal piece about this important bit of history, and it's over and done within an hour and five minutes or an hour and ten minutes. Mm. I think it should what? have been more than more than the one, actually.
3: I think you're both right. I think as well if it's if it's if it's lengthened a little bit and sort of take our time going through those years. They probably could have done away with those to the camera shots and things because those are like to speed it up, aren't they? You know, mm. okay, this is happening. We don't like the telethon. We hate this person. This person's yeah. an idiot. Let's crack on. You know, you've got it. Crack on, you know. So I think, um, yeah, if, if it could have slowed down a bit um, and lengthened into a couple of episodes, you probably could have done away with a few of those things that you, you don't like
1: <laughs> yeah and it's a shame because they're all they're all story choices that were either had to be made because of the time constraints it, it did it just took me out of it but it's just a bugbear of mine that Matt. Matt will it stick with you
2: not sure if it will to be honest when we're talking about it and I was, I'm thinking about all the moments I really liked and the performances I think part of the reason may be that it's not on longer is because there's no real names attached to it you know there's not a, there's not a star there's not a you know mm. it's not a, a story that's well known but you know that's where this comes into play because they want to sort of shout about it to more people obviously they're wanting to use disabled actors in the lead role so you're not going to get big names are you certainly i hope that people find this Mm. and talk about it because these discussions need to be had and actually Jack Thorne I think has recently set up an organisation to promote more disabled voices and Genevieve Barr has been in a few certainly the accident and I think something else. Arthur Hughes was in um help with it, and apparently know. has been in one of his stage shows as well. Yeah. So that there you know it, it is an important subject. It's told with a lot of character and a lot of warmth but it doesn't sort of tiptoe or sidestep the sort of the importance of this. I mean, I just quickly, I think, in terms of the amount of time allotted, I can't even remember the character's name who died. I mean, there was hardly any time no. devoted to that at no. all. You know, no. it's things like that, which, you know, if you'd hmm? spent more time with that character, you would have had more of an attachment and you would have felt more when, when he passed away and it was more Alan and Barbara's reactions to it.
1: Then Barbara Met Alan is worth your time despite my minor niggles about it. It is available now on the iPlayer for you to watch. Next up we're going to Matt who's got an Apple TV Plus show to tell us how much he loved.
2: I mean, Apple TV Plus, we've sort of been singing their praises recently, haven't we? I don't think you've watched The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray yet, have you? But I I really enjoyed that last week. And obviously things like Severance and The After Party. And I think we've got about one a week for the next four weeks or so. Yeah, they're busy. When they get the Home
1: and the Wage spin-off, that's when Si's going to be on board.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Which streamers do you tend to, which ones do you subscribe to and... Which do you tend to lean on the most?
3: So Netflix is a permanent. I bet everyone's like this. You know, everyone you speak to is Netflix a permanent. We're using our family's Disney login, so we're on there a lot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I have Apple at the moment. You know, I was offered a free three month free. Whatever. Yeah. So we're currently getting through stuff on Apple, but then it's, it's not, that'll be the one that I'm sort of will dip in and out of, I think.
1: <laughs> I would recommend Severance before we start on uh, We Crash. Severance is an incredibly creepy show that I'm loving. It's sort of a sci-fi comedy drama that is not normally my go-to, but it is so brilliantly done. It will keep you on edge if you see it and make you feel really uneasy, so watch that while you got these three months because it's well worth it. And Matt's a big proponent of Ted Lasso as well, so if you've not seen that yet.
2: Anyway, Matt. We've had The Dropout, we've had Inventing Anna, these ones that people have said possibly it could have just been maybe a movie rather than a 6-8 part drama podcast was called we crash the rise and fall of we work and um, it follows the creator of the company we work adam newman the first episode has got the classic as we call it here the luke special where we get the opening scene and then we flash back 12 years we meet adam who's sort of trying to get various
0: if you're anything like me you're booked and busy from family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like Wrestling with Freddie, with me, Freddie Prinz Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. Life is full of surprises, some good, some not so much. Hola, it's honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a state farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals plus they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs especially when those unexpected turns come up it's the personalized attention you can count on go nowhere
2: inventions off the ground he's got knee pads for babies uh, shoes with retractable heels uh, he goes to one of these business seminars and speaks at it. He meets this guy called Miguel, who sort of is taken with Adam to an extent with his charisma, offers him like a janitor's closet to do his sort of dealings from. They bond and start this business, which is based on selling workspaces. By and by, they you know get a business going and eventually set up this successful company called WeWork. We also look at the early days of his relationship with his eventual wife, Rebecca, who initially doesn't want anything to do with him, but then she warms to him after he has a real go at her boss, who's a yoga instructor. Didn't really understand that. The bookends of this are, once they're both this wildly successful, really obnoxious couple, the board of WeWork basically voted him off, and you get the impression at the end that he is going to fight this to the death, really, so... We
1: crashed. You forgot to mention, Katy Perry gets some great Oh, I'll get checks. there, I'll get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, this is Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto, by the way, yeah. the, the power couple that Matt was referring to there.
2: Oscar winner Jared Leto Sorry, Oscar winner Anne Hathaway. Sorry, sorry.
1: You should always look at the poster.
3: I, I, I knew nothing about this until, obviously, you guys sent me the, the show we were going to watch. So I went into this really fresh... No preconceived anything. I'm not even familiar with the story of WeWork. So, Anne Hathaway was a pleasant surprise. I like Anne Hathaway, so I thought this is going to be great. And I actually think the show is really good. I think Apple are doing some great things. You've touched on it. I think they're doing some wonderful things. I love the way this is shot. It's in New York, and to me, New York, anything filmed in New York, I'm down. New York's always one of the characters for me. So, I really liked all that. I love the electronics music. I found it quite aspirational. The problem for me with this program is the characters, namely Adam. It's a rags to riches story. I know I'm supposed to want to root for him to do well, but I just don't want it for him that much. Somebody else is doing all the work for him. Yeah. I really wanted to sort of get behind him. And I just felt like thinking, you don't deserve it. However, I did change the mind. I think it was sort of episode three-ish. Oh, wow. And I thought, (laughs) I made it, I made it. You made
1: it, Um, You get whichever the and or the with is worth more money on this podcast this week. You get get it for uh, staying the
3: course. Episode three sort of saved it for me when we sort of started to explore Anne Hathaway's character a little bit more, the relationship with her father, how she came to try and be a budding actor, (laughs) and what sort of led to the sort of problems within the company. To me, that was interesting. The first sort of couple of episodes, just sort of watching them open offices was a little bit dull, if I'm gonna be quite frank. I couldn't get behind the characters. I mean, It looks great, the show looks great. I, I really like the, the electronic music, the incidental stuff, but I, I couldn't attach to the characters.
1: You're spot on. It's not always important that you root for the characters or that you connect or that you care if the story is there. But when the story is about, as you say, their rags-to-riches story, it's really hard to have that motivation to carry on when you don't empathise with the characters at all. Oscar winner Jared Lato is eating the majority of the New York scenery here. He's chewing on it, he is enjoying it, and he's making the most of the role. But they're just insufferable. From the one and only episode I watched, I was just really turned off by this. They were insufferable to the point where you just think, why do I want to spend any time in your company? You're the sort of person that if I were in a room with, I would make polite excuses and and to carry on with the disability thing, wheel on out of there. I just found them really insufferable. The story was in places difficult to follow.
3: He sort of beat them into submission to go on a date with him sort of episode one, and she waits for him and he's really late for the date, he turns up, he's got no money, no real apology, and you just think, there's no way I'm even going to root for these as a couple. Turned off from the beginning, aren't you?
1: And it would appear that all their work colleagues have very little respect for them or struggle with them because... There's that sequence where the driver puts his headphones in or earplugs in when he asks for Katy Perry's Raw to be turned up and then it cuts to The Office where somebody's desperately trying to find the remote to turn the same song on again and everybody's on edge. It's just an awkward show to watch and I think it comes at a peculiar time where these dramas are too frequent. We had The Dropout, which I saw merit in, Inventing Anna, which Matt saw merit in, the sort of company stories that haven't had enough time to breathe before making it to the screen I mean I
2: couldn't get over the accent I don't know why we haven't Uh, spoken about that I don't know why (laughs) I was trying for the longest time to work out where he's from now I know Jared Leto recently has been in House of Gucci and I know people were debating his very hammy performance in that apparently his Italian accent is a lot to be Uh, desired in that and I thought is he doing Italian in this I mean he really reminded me of I've not seen the, the room, but I've seen I've seen reviews of it with Tommy Wiseau, and yeah. with the black hair and the and the accent, it really reminded me of that. I mean, he's meant to be Israeli, isn't he? And they mentioned that, and that's what the accent is. But I, like Julia Garner in Inventing Anna, her accent at least they explained away with the fact that that character had lived in a lot of places. But I don't know, it's very ambiguous, isn't it? It's like I am going to do this accent. You are going to trust me. That this is like an Israeli accent but the director just basically let him go because it's Jared Leto and he does these sort of zany performances I mean you do need that proxy that this is what I was talking about with Inventing Anna and I suppose Pam and Tommy to a lesser extent as well you know because we watched three episodes of that you went on with the dropout as well didn't you so actually a nose we gave more of a chance to but I really struggle with tommy lee in that but in that at least we had Palmer anderson and lily james's performance which was was strong and, and you know she was the sympathetic edge in that when it focused more on her in this though we don't really spend that much time with anne hathaway it seemed from uh, adam's Sorry, point of view Oscar
1: was, winner. Oscar Oscar winner. Hathaway, oh, the God.
2: character of rebecca we don't spend yeah. a lot of time with rebecca <laughs> and and if si is saying that you know when you focus more on her maybe it becomes a bit more bearable. But she was seen through his eyes. You know, we didn't really spend a lot of time with her. I mean, she had the best line in the in the, in the first episode when she said, peacocks don't have nipples. I mean, you know, fair play. I hadn't had not had time to
1: research that. Is that true? Has anybody looked into that? I don't know. I would imagine... Every, like, he does reply quite sensibly, everybody has nipples, and I'm going to Google it now, if you'll bear with me. Well, I, I think it's mammals that have nipples.
2: And obviously, with... Peacocks being birds
1: and the only sympathetic
2: character really certainly in the first episode was Miguel who as, as you said Sai, is the one who's doing all the work um, yeah. and I will not forgive it for having that blooming Katy Perry song stuck in my head for about two days every time I was like why have I got this song in my head oh yeah because that blooming we crashed you know I know you are very much you've got to have one character I th- I at think least you've got- that you hang well- your hat
1: on I feel like Succession is the. I mean, they're, they're, they are equally, equally um, insufferable people, but somehow you warm to them because you know well, I think we they're dis- in a situation not of their own discuss- making. Whereas- but I, I suppose I had that issue
2: with the White Lotus, didn't I? That I really could, and and you did have those characters that you liked in that, but the ones who mm. succeeded were all of the the despicable characters. Mm. I think it doesn't help with this either that we see. The successful side of Adam and Rebecca when they are these sort of deverish characters. I don't know if it would have worked more had it just started with him, hardly any money in his pocket, inventor who you know is going around to the neighbours' house so he can eat his Chinese food. I really couldn't get over like the accent from Adam no, no, going I back know. to it. It yeah. was such a big performance. Jared Leto is the only sort of thing you will remember. You'll remember that accent you will remember these sort of really sort of pompous characters.
1: It's not the accent we'll remember. It's this. No birds have nipples because they don't have (laughs) mammary glands. Uh, Only mammals use their breasts to feed their young milk. They don't have nipples or or anything. That's what I'll remember if we ever talk about I, I We Crashed again. I thought you were again.
2: going to start singing Katy Perry then when you left a bit no, the
1: I, I, don't, I don't want to be copyright-stroked <laughs> or whatever you call it. We Crashed is available weekly on Apple TV+. Plus. Si, so will you continue past the three episodes you've already watched? I think I'm 50-50, Luke, if
3: I'm being honest.
1: Do you think it helped that you you knew nothing going in? Do you think it helped that you were watching it yes. blind?
3: Absolutely, yeah. And I think what probably didn't help, we, I knew right from the very first scene that things go south.
1: Too many shows do it. And I think you would have been mm. on his side more if you'd seen him as this struggling entrepreneur trying desperately to get things going. 100%. And then leading up to this yeah. work company. You were already on, off his side because of Katy Perry. And in terms of
2: that sort of thing, when we spoke about Ptolemy Gray last week, it was a similar situation. That opening scene didn't need to be there at all because what came after was so captivating. And sometimes those, you know, stick with us scenes, as we've called them in the past, aren't really captivating. And actually, if you just let it play out, in terms of a lot of shows, you are going to stick with them unless it's something like, for example, The Holiday, which we talked about the,
1: the other week. And let, you was... need to let that go, Matt. Oh, that's that horrendous. <laughs> you that didn't die. have to watch it, Luke. You didn't have to watch it. I, you weren't there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see what I saw.
2: You're listening to The Custard TV Podcast.
1: The official podcast of
0: thecustardtv.com.
1: Next up, we're going to go to our old friend, Walter. Walter Presents is a strand that's still going strong on Channel 4, though mainly it is uh, now a collection of box sets on on the old 4 player. They don't tend to air them weekly as often as they used to back in the day. Are they on War 4 on, like, Thursday, Friday nights? They are, are, but they are specific types, like your Scandinavian Vera types on a Friday night on War 4. So we gave Cy... Two choices of recent uh, Walter Presents, and he chose a series from Denmark called Cry Wolf, which Matt will briefly walk us through. And you were keen to
2: talk about this as well, weren't you, Luke? Because you, you thought it sounded intriguing and a little bit different from. Well, it is.
1: It's certainly different from anything we've ever talked about in the foreign sphere. And I thought yeah. if I'm going to open up, then you can open up because it sort ta- of ta- ta- touches on your mm. professional background slightly as well. Yeah. Like, I had some questions on that.
2: All right. I don't know how deep I can go into it, but I'll try oh, that, my best.
1: Yeah, you know, risk a police caution. I honestly don't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: this is about a 14 year old girl called Holly, and she writes an essay at school, sort of touching on elements of domestic violence. It alerts the attention of her teachers, who in turn contact social services. A social worker called Lars is assigned to the case he goes to see Holly at school, she sort of confirms this story is about me and I am being abused by my stepfather. He finds her story incredibly plausible. He then makes her younger half-brother Theo who has a cast on, recently broke his arm whilst in his father's care. This sort of prompts his suspicions further. First episode is all done within the course of a day and Lars is very keen, you know, after speaking to the children's mum Dee, that he needs to get the children out of the household even if temporarily organizing foster carers that he trusts but there is sort of suspicions throughout that holly mainly has said this because she doesn't like the stepdad she wants a life where it's just her theo and mom and obviously the title of the show is cry wolf so there is that sort of question mark over it is Lars being too trusting of what Holly is saying to him and that's the basic sort of concept of this first episode. Sorry, si, when I sort of spoke to you about coming on the on the show you said you were quite a fan of foreign dramas
3: so have yeah, you watched a lot? A like the- <laughs> uh, yeah I do I like a foreign drama yeah I watch any, quite a lot.
2: Any sort of specific highlights you know what is it the sort of the BBC4 stuff is it the stuff that's been on Netflix what what sort of yeah, is mainly
3: your the Netflix, the Netflix stuff. I'm a Spanish language learner, so I watch a lot of Spanish stuff. Uh, and Mexican dramas, you know, gangs, that kind of thing. They've always got the same plot.
1: <laughs> Money Heist?
3: Money Heist, obviously, oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> I did get past the second series, because I just thought they were trying to repeat themselves. Should I go back? Uh, you've seen it. You've okay. seen it. Oh, that's, that was did my assumption. You've seen yeah. it, yeah. There you go.
3: Obviously it's quite a dark subject matter, right? Domestic violence. I enjoyed it. I enjoy I quite quite liked The Mother. I don't know how far you guys watched it. I'm I'm think I'm up to episode four. And I watched <laughs> oh my them back. Oh god, and back, he's so so so, to he's stop. too
1: good. He's too good. <laughs> you don't deserve to be on this podcast, so you should be on your own.
3: I'll give over. I'm glad I did binge because I, I was a bit sort of second one. You know, it's like this is quite tough to go back to back, right? Mm. But I'm, I'm glad I did because I started to sympathise a little bit with the mother. Um, off, off, you know, first back, the, the first episode was a whole day. It was about the essay, you know, coming to light, and I felt like this was really slow. You know, come on! I know now. She's written something. It raises suspicions. Let's get on with it. The, the title of the of the show, Cry Wolf. Already plants that seed of doubt in you, the audience. However, you don't know what to believe as you go through, and that's what's kept me hooked. One moment, the father, the accused, sort of displays a little bit of anger. He's got this weird sort of sexual sort of hold hmm. on the wife as well, yeah. um, which is which was interesting. There's there's so many layers to this, um, and I'm, I'm struggling to articulate them actually. The next minute, you're thinking, no, it can't possibly be. There's no bruising. We've not seen the daughter. You know, you'd normally typically see the daughter Mm. acting out, rebelling against her parents. We don't actually see that. She's not dressed like a reprobate, you know, that kind of thing. So there's not the usual signals of daughter in distress type thing. What I did think, though, there was a couple of mistakes. I felt like we should have known a bit more about Lars. Because normally you watch dramas like this, you're following the authority person, in this case, the social worker. So we would normally see them at home. You know, I would like to have seen him in his family situation and, and, and his flaws, because, you know, he's he's making these mad decisions about other families and, and sort of splitting this family up, which on the face of it, most of the time I believed it was a happy family, you know, and there was no abuse going on. You just sort of constantly got that sort of to and fro in your mind.
1: A great TV show or a great drama should have you asking as many questions as it answers. And I think the fact yeah. that you're conflicted have they been taken away from a perfectly happy family? Should I empathise with the mother? Why don't we know more about Lars? I think it shows how invested you are in this show without even really realising it, probably. This one's very different because it's not your typical. You know, somebody found in an icy well or a girl goes missing. This is very much a family, a lack of a better phrase, a family drama. Does this young girl just do this picture out of anger one morning and then it all blows over and she can't control the outcome? I found it really fascinating and I thought all the central performances were tender i think we hadn't had a tender performance really this podcast and i think all of these performances are really tender they're really believable they're really sweet despite its subject matter i found it quite an easy watch because of who the characters are and you instantly connect and relate to them matt were you able to disconnect your real life and watch this as a piece of drama, and we should tell people what your real life is in case they don't know. I mean,
2: without going into great detail, I mean, oh, I go on. I've worked in the sort of safeguarding realm for about four years, working alongside social workers and and dealing with cases similar to this. So there was a lot in this that I was sort of poking holes into an extent. But is that um, the Danish system? If you had not stepped over me, then Luke, that well, is exactly I made exactly a good point that you were going to make. So either <laughs> um, way, we win. But I don't know. You do get a lot of like children do say, "Oh, so and so beat me up," you know that sort of thing. But you're looking into it in more detail. There's certainly no visible injuries
1: no. to Holly,
2: and that would be one of the things that you would you would sort of question... I suppose that the brother had a visible injury, that there was a question mark over. So that might have been enough. But again, there was sort of a plausible reason given for that. So I was sort of questioning it to an extent, but I could see why Lars was making these decisions. Obviously, myself and you, Luke, have watched a lot of um, Mm. the Nordic noirs. And the actor who plays Lars, Bjorn Henriksen, we know from a lot of these, he was the dad in the first series of The Killing... Nana Bick Larson's dad, as yeah. I remember her name. Um, and he was the ferry captain in the first series of Trapped. Was he the, like, the leader of the opposition or something in Borgen? Yeah, he's very diverse. <laughs> <laughs> but he plays he wears a lot many of hats. He plays very sort of working class, yeah. brutish emotionally detached characters I, he's I the think you
1: a good, of the piece normally yeah exactly is what yeah
2: yeah yeah and it sort of plays on that like we were talking about samuel L. jackson last week the role of ptolemy gray plays on the fact that you know him as this big action star and he's playing this man with dementia here this big sort of rough and ready guy who you've seen play a very sort of similar working class man in so many is playing this very empathetic social worker and you can see that the amount of time he spends with Holly, he believes him more and more. But, I mean, the the first scene, which we haven't talked about, is the mum and the stepdad having sex with the door open with two kids in the house and um, Holly just sort of stopping and watching it there. So you've instantly got that question mark mm. over Holly and yeah. does she feel like an out- the outsider in the home? because? Yeah videos both of his parents are there and the mummy's saying throughout you know she's going through these things the relationship with her biological father i think the one thing we do know about lars is that he's overworked and that may be clouding his you he's going to say overweight then <laughs> I really thought say overweight you know he goes in his boss says can you go to this school he says i'm working with this family i've got you know how many other cases You know, by the end of the day, he's really sticking up for the girl and he he goes back to his boss. You know, you asked me to look into this. These are my decisions. And, you know, he's leaning on this foster family that he knows are reliable rather than splitting up the children and things Mm. like that. So there was a lot of it that felt quite real to me.
1: Yeah.
2: I think the subject matter is a little bit too close to home in terms of my work to really relax into it. I mean, I loved the performances. beyond Henriksen really good as this sort of, almost like a gentle giant, I would say. That's that's how I would describe the character. The actress who plays Holly, Flora Ophelia oh, hoffman Lindahl. Um,
1: she is and it, so good. I, I think
2: it helps that she is the same age as the character as well when mm. they were filming it. I I, I think this, this came out in 2020. She was born in um, 2005, so she would have been around the same age as the character. I feel like and I I've think done that...
1: no research this week. Sorry about
0: that. <laughs>
2: Do you yeah. normally?
1: No, but it's nice to be of. <laughs> <asked.
2: laughs> what I liked about this as well, and Say, si, you were saying you found that first episode really slow. I liked the pacing of it. I liked the way the camera focused in on characters who weren't speaking. So you saw their reaction to mm. what was being said. The scene that really stays with me is when they're having the meeting with the parents. The stepdad isn't saying anything at all the camera focuses on his face, you're expecting him to be all defensive and say, no, I didn't do that, but he just stays silent the entire time. But we focus on that, and is his silence saying more? You know, a lot of characters' feelings are being communicated through facial reactions rather than a load of dialogue. You know, this was very dialog light. There were scenes like the scene where Holly's doing... And that is actually the, the scene where she's been given this... Thing about you know what's working what would i change that is something that sort of translates you know a lot of children's services workers use something similar to that to get what we would call the voice of the child over so i i think it was very authentic
1: yeah the point is great my and, question i had yeah. it could spoil the whole thing if you give me the wrong answer to this but i did wonder it throughout watching Would they send a male social worker to speak to a young teenage girl about this subject?
2: Unless she asks specifically for a female social worker.
1: Yeah, Yeah. there's no... She didn't ask for a social worker at all, though, did she? No, no, but I
2: think it's the same, like, in terms of police officers, perhaps, and, you know, sexual abuse cases, if a female would rather have a female officer. There are a lot more female social workers than men, certainly in... The area I work, you know, is it's a female-dominated profession. I think it works having this again, like this man whose frame he's a, is, you know, it's mm. not it's not someone when you think social worker, you think old woman in a cardigan, don't you really? I know it's a stereotype. Of yeah, exactly. I mean, my mum's a social worker, so <laughs> what
0: they, the old they get... lady in
2: the cardigan? <laughs> yeah, but like for example, you know, another Apple TV show, Trying, which is a British comedy about a couple going through the adoption process the social worker in that is played by Imelda Staunton
1: yeah there you go there you, person. Go, you nice. think
2: you know that's sort of like your stereotypical social worker but you you know you say social worker you don't think of someone no. like Lars but I think that works in a way it's going it against type and to answer your question no basically it's case comes in who's free to take it go to the school you know that scene with the boss. Is very much like what happens.
3: There's more to Lars as well than just like this gentle giant type figure, because they have this, you know, the scene where he's trying to he's trying to get it past legal, isn't he? That he is mm. he wants to take the children out, and they sort of very briefly mention. I'm sure as we watch more, it'll come out that the reason why Lars is making such a zealous decision when it comes to removing Holly and Theo from the from the parents. Um, is there's, there's been a case in the past where he's he's left it too long and he was too late. So I think that's that sort of built some of the grains of his character, if you like.
2: That's his that's interesting. That is. I mean, you do get that, don't you, with like crime dramas quite a lot, don't you? That that like. Um... On
1: my last case, I was re- you know I missed the killer and, mm, and you know yeah. it just tells its story the way it wants to tell it, and I am so in on the journey because everything felt authentic. I just found it completely immersive. I was sat next to either Lars or Holly who'd ever had me at the table, but I was there at the table with them. I was was not watching the show through my screen. I was involved in the show, and that's When drama is at the best for me.
2: I think possibly one thing that did lose me in terms of, again, my person, and obviously it's a drama, you need to do things like that. But Lars seemed to get, and and it makes sense now from what Sai says, he almost sort of got personally involved really quickly and you need that level of separation. You need sort of have an open mind about everything, not go, she's telling the truth. His initial opinion was, stepdad's done this, Let's crack on and remove the children from the family home, which this wasn't a family who were known to services before. The dad did have a couple of previous convictions, but I don't think that that would, certainly from my experience, warrant the children being removed from the home. And I know it's a drama, but I think... It's a
1: drama. (laughs) Just remember it's a drama. Um, But
2: like, Go on. Sorry, go
1: on. Sorry, how did you... Because I watched the second one where... Polly and Theo are now in the care of this older couple. They've got a farm. And they're really uncomfortable being there as you would. How did you feel about seeing them uncomfortable in that environment? Because it really it made me feel quite uneasy watching the sequences with the Foster family too.
3: Same. Exactly the same. Uncomfortable and and it's almost like safe house type-esque it's happened so fast for these these children that they've sort of been taken they've been taken out to the country with these strange people and they're just sort of waiting in fact holly even says over breakfast the very next morning what we're not going to school yeah. i don't think at that point she's she doesn't even realize the calamity of it all you know and what and yeah. what's ha- what's happening even at that stage so it, it is it is uncomfortable but that's why you carry on isn't it
1: See, the title fascinates me because if at the end of all this, it's just Holly being a bit miffed at something the stepfather has done or she wants her family unit to be back together again, that can't be the end result of the drama. There was well, a moment as well
3: where, yeah, I was believing it all and I was thinking, I don't think this is happening. And then there was a moment where I thought, well, actually, the
1: name of the show is Crywolf.
3: Mm. <laughs> Will we learn that she's done similar things before? I don't know.
1: Cry Wolf is on, Walter Presents on all four. Uh, you can watch it now. What, so si, will you get to the end?
3: Yes, definitely.
1: To finish us off, I'm going to talk about Netflix documentary Bad Vegan. I think it's got a colon there, but I, I didn't... Vain account.
2: Fraud Fugitives.
1: With um, full stops after each
2: word, which, you know, shouldn't it just be commas anyway? Carry on.
1: This is why it takes me so long to edit, if you were wondering. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> Naughty Vegan is the story of a restaurant in New York called Pure Food and Wine. It is a raw restaurant. This four-parter on Netflix looks at how its owner was scammed and forced to go on the run after not paying her employees. It does a weird thing, this one. It does the Luke special where it starts with a vitriolic phone call between the people involved and then flashes back to tell you the story of how Sama, this restaurateur, it essentially ended essentially up... gives you the sorry it gives it you the trailer. essentially gives you the in trailer the ti- it gives you in the, the trailer. title sequence yeah. which is bizarre uh, I'd never seen that done before in a documentary or a drama where you're basically shown the whole thing in the opening title sequence but Sama was once held the queen of vegan cuisine and she starts out a restaurant with Matthew in New York which becomes really successful but then they become a couple, they fall out Asama basically is given the restaurant after Matthew is sacked. This sends Asama into a bit of a depression, even though the restaurant is doing well. She's been saddled with millions of dollars in debt. She's seen as still up and coming and really respected in the industry. Celebrities like Owen Wilson and Alec Baldwin pop in. She sort of has feelings for Alec, but the two never meet up. The thing with Alec
2: Baldwin, Luke, is that they sort of never...
1: They never get On together.
2: the same page. You know, she's in a relationship when he sort of is yeah. flirting with her. And then yeah. by the time she's single, he is, you know, with who will eventually be his wife who met at her restaurant.
1: This search for the dog leads uh, Sama to find her beloved pit bull Leon, who she dotes upon. But Sama struggles with depression after Matthew leaves. And after, as Matt said, Alec Baldwin meets his wife and falls in love at the restaurant, Salma starts taking herself away and starts talking to a man she meets online, playing Friends with Words. Words with Friends. Other way around. Uh, Yeah, Words with (laughs) Friends. It's after nine. Give me a break. She meets uh, Shane Fox. He's actually someone who, again, Alec Baldwin has interactions with on Twitter. She sort of implicitly trusts him because of that. When they initially meet, he looks a bit beefier and bigger than he does in the pictures that they've sent. And they have sort of an unusual relationship that even her trusted employees within the restaurant can't understand. She actually interest, introduces him as a cousin of hers rather than as a romantic interest. Well, she she introduces him to different people differently, differently, doesn't she? She doesn't just say, this is someone i met online who I possibly like. All of her... Restaurant staff who are deeply supportive don't know what to make of this guy. He is shadowy, mysterious, he tells them that he works for the CIA, but he can't ever be pinned down what he does. He slips up when he phones the office and the name Anthony Strangers comes up on the caller ID and some plucky employee looks up that name and discovers a mugshot and they think, hey, who is this guy really? He dismisses it and tells Sama, don't worry, it's just an identity I had when I was working and it's nothing you've got to worry about. They then get married, which again, Sama isn't keen on really divulging or saying a lot to the colleagues. she just sort of mentions it in passing, and we don't get, at the end of this first one, we don't get why or how this manipulative guy gets under the skin and Basically destroys her life, as is uh, explained in that trailer Come title sequence. Cy, si, Netflix is your go-to thing. Do you watch these documentaries on there?
3: Yes, and this one had everything a Netflix documentary has. It has the text message, it's got the recordings from prison, phone yep. calls, everything you need with your glass of wine and your popcorn, and you just powwow through it of an evening.
1: And did you powwow through it?
3: Yes. Start to finish in one sitting.
1: <laughs> I love these two, and I should say this comes from the guys who gave me, personally, one of the best of the genre. It was called Don't F with Caps, and it was on a couple of years ago at Christmas, and we just started it and watched it all in one evening because it was just deluded. Yeah. I think it's the one of the best ones I've ever <laughs> had. I would say, though, going purely from the first episode of this that there wasn't a great deal to hook you in outside of that title sequence come opening sequence where it explained it all. Maybe the point is that it doesn't need to end on a cliffhanger because, as you rightly say, you just whizzed through them. Did it grip you from the off? Because I don't think this one gripped me quite the same from the off as the others have.
3: I'm not sure grip would be the right word. I mean, you just sort of... Yeah, for me anyway, it was trying to work out if Sama knew what she was doing or not, right? Yeah. You know, it's a true story, so you don't really need to know whether there's a happy ending or not because you could happily know that or find that out yourself without sitting the yeah. four-odd hours through. Yeah. Because Sama was part of the documentary, it wasn't about her, she she was in it. I'm watching her and I'm I'm sort of become detective, you know, we're all, we've all been a Netflix detective mm. at some point. You're sort of trying to work out if she's if she's telling the truth or not, to the documentary makers. So that's what kept me watching. Do you feel like they were on her side too much, though? Yes, up until she is running away with him. I think that there's a definite shift for me, sort of about halfway through. They're on her side a lot. He's the big bad stranger yeah. that's taking over like, life. And this is the new true crime phenomenon right we've got inventing yeah. anna uh, the tinder swindler love the you know tinder this is swindler. the new craze clearly <laughs> well when you sent me this and i read the synopsis and it was like you know you know trying to marry in a vegan promising to make her and her dog immortal i was thinking well that's giving the son of a diamond king a run for his money <laughs> yeah yeah I was like this sounds a bit nuts and my first sort of perhaps a little bit judgmental sort of Opinions where only a vegan would believe any of this rubbish. You know, you know, you sort of do have those preconceived. <laughs> you do. You, you sort of think this bloke knows what he's doing. Who he's targeting, and and the and the documentary very much is swayed in that way up until they go on the run. And you're thinking, I've just heard this girl tell me this guy's and a bad guy. He's had all this money off me. I'm listening to the phone calls, you know, you know what he's like and you've gone on the run and now you're trying to tell me that you didn't know you were really on the run, you
1: were just sort of hiding out, give over, you know, she knew what she was doing. So yeah, so it sort of changed. Where does it rank for you in the pantheon of great Netflix documentaries and is it One episode too short, one episode too long, is it satisfying and the conclusion?
3: It's not one of the greats, you know. You know, it's not Tiger King. Um... What is? (laughs) Not even
1: not even Tiger King two was Tiger King.
3: But you know what? It's worth it. You know, it's just four episodes. It could have been a bit shorter. Do you know what I didn't like, and, and I don't like this in documentaries, is when they do silly reconstructions that we oh. don't need.
2: Yeah, I was going to bring that up, no. Yeah. Yes. That was very much of uh, those things you used to get back in the early 2000s. Th- you know, it shouldn't happen when you go wing-gliding, that, thing, that sort of thing. Or, <laughs> that famous you know. documentary that and, anybody's but, seen. But, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, we had this mishap on holiday, here's the reconstruction of it. Yeah. It felt like that, you know, because they had all these things that happened there was a lot of incidental footage of everyone in the restaurant together Mm. to sort of, you know, go along with all the talking heads. Black Ops, you know, like, yeah,
3: we, 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 you know. know. This is what Black Ops looks like, just in
2: case you
1: don't know. (laughs) So, Matt, I am, I'm going in with my presumptions here. You are not like Cyanide. You do not spend your weekends consuming these. I love the word powwowing. I'm going to use that from now, now on. Yeah, I need to use so. powwow. You <laughs> haven't trademarked that on the Home and Away podcast, have you? Because we're going to powwow forevermore. Um, we... No,
3: I'll get that to you. <laughs> so,
1: on the whole, you don't watch a ton of documentaries. or At least we don't cover them here on the podcast. So, A, it was mm. your decision to cover this because it was coming up this week. It was a fourth show. Did it? And I I thought it would appeal
2: to you as well, Luke, because it's sort of, we haven't done one of these in a while, and I know these become sort of quite word of mouth hits quite quickly. I know a lot of people at work have been talking about the Tinder swindler. I think the characters in this, aside from Anthony, are very run-of-the-mill, aren't they? I mean, the other one I've watched all the way through, which wasn't a Netflix one, but obviously it was it was one of your suggestions, was McMillions, and you had oh. in that quite a lot of larger-than-life characters. And, like, Sama in this, there's nothing sort of grotesque about her, you no. know? When we were talking about Tiger King, quite I think we did two reviews in a row of that, <laughs> because you were that obsessed with we're it. We're only human, um, <laughs> you know, you're sort of almost like laughing at these characters, aren't you? Whereas... Well,
0: that was the, sort of... Be, the you people... couldn't
2: believe these people exist. Mm. Tiger King was like...
0: Yeah.
2: Came I, from another I, I planet. What you, we don't get straight away to that unbelievable aspects of it straight yeah. away. Obviously, once it gets bigger and bigger and she starts to believe more and more of what he's saying, I mean, there is an element of sort of coercive behaviour, very mm. much mm. sort of like she's in a place where, you know, she's lost the love of her life, the, the the chef. I can't believe I'm saying it hasn't
1: worked out with Alec Baldwin.
2: It's <laughs> like this weird bit what where a, I could what have What a been bullet
1: she it. dodged, and I shouldn't have said that, and I'm regretting it already. No. <laughs> I should Sorry. not have said that. That's, that's terrible. Cut that out. Uh, no <laughs> doubt,
0: oh,
3: that was brilliant.
2: Oh, that's the
0: funniest I thing you've ever said. Sorry,
3: I'm gone
2: here. <laughs> you obviously had to have that big thing at the start just to say Mm. this is what is going to happen but this is very much the preamble to get to know sama to get her world all these people who as they called them you know they were very much a family in there and i enjoyed it you know went on quite quickly as you say if you sit down and, and watch all this in one go you know it'd be a good sort of weekend i know we talked about many times about the netflix effect and how it's just let's watch this one night or over a weekend and i can see a lot of people doing it by the time this comes out i I think a lot of people will have powwowed through this but don't use um, it quite so
1: soon let it breathe
2: (laughs) (laughs) i I, one of the things i think that you need to get from this luke is the i love matthew sneakers just you know obviously your love for me you know when sama got those early on and
1: and if they do those orthopedically
2: The restaurant owner was it Jeffrey Chowderow? He he was saying like she always used to come in
1: wearing these sneakers, and then she didn't one day. And everyone was like, "Wow, they've obviously had a fallout." When it got to the end of the first one, obviously the Netflix thing is you know the next one plays within thirty seconds. What it lacked for me, there wasn't a big moment at the end of the first one to go right. I must definitely sit here. And had I not had this background of knowing that these stories get more bonkers as they go on, I'd probably feel the same as you, Matt, in that I was expecting this big moment, but actually all it says is they got married and he hired this minder guy to make sure she didn't go off the rails, and then the credits ran.
3: The power somebody can have on somebody just from speaking online and playing you know, words with friends or whatever, she even says I didn't even fancy him.
0: Deck your home with Blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Plus free samples and free shipping. Free, Ho, 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 blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com, satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off, plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You know,
3: he had a bit more weight than I thought, you know, then he looked online, didn't even fancy him that much, but he's had this huge hold on, her, I think probably strong enough in the early episodes to make people think, how is this woman like this? Happen?
1: Yeah, even when they get married, she sort of says, well, what the minister said was really moving, and I sort of felt it in the moment. But there was never that feeling of she was head over heels for me at any point. But I will carry on, but only because I got faith in the Netflix documentary brand. If this was on Channel 4 or ITV or, you know and I didn't have faith in those behind the camera, or knowledge of those behind the camera, I probably would have stopped at the end of that one because there wasn't that hook to go, you must press the next please button and powwow through. See, I left a gap there, Matt. That's what you're supposed to do. Let it breathe. Well, you're a professional, aren't you? That's where you get the
2: and and the with, and I'm just,
1: you know, <laughs> the second, height. third
2: on the call sheet.
1: You've watched a lot of TV for us this week, so si. what has been the biggest surprise and and the show that you've enjoyed the most?
0: Deck your home with blinds. <laughs> la DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Free, 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 free. Free samples and free shipping. Free, free, free. Free, free, free. Ho, ho, ho. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right out to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off, plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. <laughs> Rules and restrictions may apply. I think to me it was
3: then uh, Barbara Allen, actually. That was really, really well done, and I, that, that's the one that probably sticks out for me this week, actually.
1: And when you do Home and Away, do you watch the whole week or do you watch episodes from the past? How do you do that? The whole
3: week, the whole week's episodes, and then on the Saturday we do the podcast, recapping and and downloading on the week that's just happened.
1: Yeah. Where can people find you, Sai, and um, powwow through all your podcasts? I've overdone it now, sorry.
3: Yeah, so it's at Coastal News Pod on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Okay, and you're on all the podcast apps that people will be familiar with and i'll be yes. listening to that as well yes. great uh, as, a, customer, as are we luke as are we as are we yeah nice transition there matt that i set myself <laughs> up for and didn't follow yeah. through on we're also on all the podcast apps your stitches your spotify's your apple podcast the website is up and running now it is the custard alongside that royal family uh piece that i mentioned about four days ago on the start of the podcast uh, we, there's just been a, a barrage of tv news and shows coming up in April and May that are going to give us podcast content for the rest of the year. I think there is just so much coming, Good. including shows that you forgot existed, like Barry from HBO, which we love, but I had no memory of the last season at all because it was so long ago. I think it was pre-pandemic, so that just feels Russian you know doll. non-existent. Russian dolls back from Natasha Leone again. Can't remember much about that show other than I loved it at the time. The that flight att- more than three years ago, that was. That's mad. Um, the Flight Attendant's coming back with Katie Cuoco. There's just so much. And there's a bunch of interesting stuff like Julia starring Sarah Lancashire and David Hyde-Pierce coming to Sky. Uh, ITV have announced some things. The BBC have announced some things. There's just so much stuff. And if you want to find out, you can hit the news section on the site, or I do a long A to Z list with as many release dates as I can via our upcoming TV page. You can find Matt at Matt's TV Bites, you can find me at Luke Custer TV, and at my own personal Twitter that I keep forgetting exists at It's Luke Knowles. And Matt will be back with guests next week. So I thank you so much for doing this. It means a lot that you've watched. Far more of the shows than we have, and I really appreciate your input and hope that more people will find now that you're Home and Away podcast and be closer each day for the experience. (laughs) Thank you.
3: Thank you very much. It was a great... I've had a great time. Thanks for having me.
1: We'll be back soon. Bye.
2: Rate and review us wherever you find
0: us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone.
2: Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook.